you are awareness awareness is another name for you since you are awareness there is no need to attain or cultivate it good morning fellow pilgrims travelers on the funny path of life this morning I thought I would talk about one of my favorite movie of my coming of age Dead Poet Society shall we? I have a vague memory, remembrance of on my birthday, my mother took me to see Dead Poet Society. And I think that type of movie for the first time kind of hit home the angst of the human soul, the the thirst for love, the self-doubt, fear, passions. I've watched that movie so many times. For those of you who somehow have managed to miss Dead Poet Society, I would definitely encourage you to check it out. It's with uh, Robin Williams. Robert Sean Leonard. Uh, I guess not too many big hitter, maybe, uh, yeah, that I can think of. I don't think it was Peter Weir, the director, who also did uh, Fearless with Jeff Bridges. And uh, so it's a story about this young English literature teacher who goes back to this uh, elite prep school in uh, New England way studied to become an English professor and to this batch of student uh, seniors you know who've been in the, in the system for a while with all different things to add different dynamic and uh, along you have poetry and you have those people those people of uh, who see the world not in terms of what they see or what they think, but what they feel. And until recently, I watched it again, actually. I'm not sure I can anymore. I've watched it so many times. I still listen to part of the soundtrack, which I really like. Yeah, you have an endearing memory. And well, I think it is kind of fitting because in the movie, one of the kids, they have those very posh, posh names in the, in the movie, but Danbury. Now, the Danbury is actually the family goes to Axtable, Axtery, or anyway, I don't remember exactly his name. And he goes to, um, 
to see to have dinner with friends of his parents. And he's so uh, by it. But he goes, you know, of course he goes, he's a good boy, he's going to do what his parents says. And there he meets the love of his life. And along with that comes fear and yearning and longing, that emotional angst. And I do so relate to, to that <laughs> even more now. <laughs> Even more now with the love of my life, this impossible love of my life. You know, it is, it is so interesting. So, yeah, I could definitely, yeah. How does, you know, how, how could you justify not wanting the one thing you want the most because the world tells you It's not yours. And of course, I don't see it that way anymore. I, am a, I take yes for an answer, or I take no for an answer kind of a guy. And uh, yeah, in that I differ from... Uh, <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, he did, uh, he did fight for her. But she responded. There was there was a reciprocity. I mean, even though she had a boyfriend, and she was kind of stuck in her role in in society in school. And if you know anything about high school in America, it is definitely a high pressure environment. Uh, it feels like more so than other parts. The social pressure. It's definitely very developed there, more so than I ever remember in France. But then again, what do I know? And I was thinking too of Javi yesterday. It was interesting listening to him. So he's about to finish his master. And, uh, you know, how does a 25-year-old view the world? You know, how do they how do they look at the the struggle that lays ahead, their passion, their dream, how they think they want to do it, and in this case, uh, even more concretely, you know, with a higher level of education, and uh, and I found myself when we were in a conversation yesterday, actually, you know, in terms of those dead po dead poet society kind of a thing, you know, the dreamers as the idealist. Uh, I kind of becoming that again in a weird way. I found myself siding with him, even though he was not even siding there. You know, he seems to be pretty flexible, actually, or not that stuck in what he thought. He had his information and what he had learned and what he was going to do with it. But yeah, not so intent in uh, in trying to prove others wrong or whatever. And uh, I found myself uh, yesterday actually getting angry, which was interesting because I was so spent from what had happened the day before with Pilar, which turned out to be another beautiful, a beautiful, horrible thing. What happened? Beautiful. But I don't want to digress too much. And... Uh, 
you know, we, sometimes we forget that with age and with failures, it can be easy to become jaded, you know, and cynical. You know, looking at what we've accomplished and being like, wow, that doesn't look so good. We're not doing a good job. And there is a term that I learned, which is pre prepotencia, which is basically some kind of arrogance, intellectual arrogance, you know. And here we are with our story of the elephant and everybody holding a different part. And the same old story just keeps on going. We believe that that part is a whole. Even though we know there are so many other factors, so many things involved in, in that. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of digressing a little bit, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> but I guess I'll finish that thought and then I'll go back to Dead Poets Society. Yeah? You know, we believe what we believe. We have our stories, right? our traumas, our price of entrance to life. And somehow, we cannot help but want to believe or find a way to believe that that's enough to understand the world. To understand seven billions of people, mega cities, how things work at that level. And to go back to what used to be or what seemed to be better according to our standard for what is right, again, which is based on a partial understanding and bits and pieces of information from articles, from stories or whatever. Because we can only specialize, we can only really dig deep. And most of us don't even. But few people can into one field, you know, whether it is medicine, politics, the arts, archaeology, whatever it is. And we are not able to have a healthy dose of sarcasm about our, our own self. To look at ourselves and say, oh my goodness, how silly you are, thinking that's enough to understand how things work, and even more so, that's enough to put forth ideas as to, here is what I think will make the world a better place. How arrogant the human mind is. I don't believe the human being is, but the human mind definitely is a full-blown arrogant cancer from my silly point of view, of course. I am not speaking of the truth here, I'm just stating my silly, humble case from where I sit, what I see. So Dead Poet Society, huh? Yeah, the, you know, the individual, the, you have all those individual with those desires, you know, and then, of course, you have, Ith, oh, yeah, Ethan Hawke uh, is one of the actors. Uh, that might have been his first movie, actually. Oh, sorry, I had to yawn. And uh, a very shy... Um, shy boy overshadowed by his highly valedictorian big brother that actually went to the same university so he was like feeling like he had to compete and then he was not going to be good enough so definitely self-esteem issue I guess definitely I can relate to that he had a very s smart charismatic more than likely bound for politics uh as a student who actually 
His struggle was his parents wanted him to become a doctor. You know, they were middle class people, they had saved a lot of money to... It was costing them a lot to send him here and they had expectations. And just managing that battlefield for him is like, that's not what I want to do. I, I, I want to go a different way. And, and not knowing, in the end, not able to, to protect or to be pragmatic enough or to hide it or whatever it is, just, yeah. And I'm not saying losing or winning there, but there's one. Then there is a, uh, the compliant one, yeah, the one that just, uh, your red-headed boy that just, uh, <laughs> in case some of you don't know it, I am red-headed. Not as strong as I used to be, but I used to be a full-blown red-headed boy. And this one just does a, wants to stay on the path. You don't step on the grass, you don't step on the grass. And still kind of curious about those other things, what these kids were doing, and in the end kind of betraying them. You're Judas, basically, of the group. Uh, an interesting character because I think it represents, in general, the majority of people. They kind of do, you know, sway a little bit left and right, but mostly they stay inside. It's important. And that's what's most important. You listen to the men. You, you accept. Basically pragmatic. This is what is. Within that, I can function. If I can break the rule and it's acceptable, okay, but if not, uh-uh, then I will... My light, my light allegiance is to, to the system, and there's nothing wrong in that either. Then you have those nerdy people in there as well, and then you have that. Uh, hmm, I don't know how you would put him. That rubble, you know, smart, but rubble that just sees already past. You know, look at the system of education, the way the game is, and it's like, this is not good enough. And uh, kind of get lost in his passion. But, yet again, when you're young, you can you can afford burning your wings. Um, oh, what's the name of that mythological character? Icarus, yeah? Icarus who just tries to fly to the sun and get burned. I don't somehow buy that. So in a way, I think who I am now, even though it is, it is a, <laughs> a time definitely a painful, but it doesn't accept. And this game is on a different playing field. He has this passion for life, this hunger, and he doesn't accept limits. So yeah, that would definitely fit what seemed to be my uh, my path so far so and the professor somebody who has found a passion you know he loves teaching he loves literature he loves the poet he loves inspire and he see the in those students through that through what he likes to do to imbue them with this ether of uh, Emotional, I don't know what you would call it, spiritual sensibility through the works of arts. And Carpedium sees the day. Those words that somehow bring you to a place where you, instead of thinking about stuff, you feel them. But your mind is involved as well. 
but doesn't have a role so big. I'm definitely, I'm not going to say I'm anti-intellectual, but I'm definitely, a, if I had to choose, I would definitely choose passion over reason. No question. It is so boring to me to be with somebody who just regurgitates stuff that you hear in a fucking book. You know, that kind of happened yesterday. I mean, I realized I got angry, actually, during the talk with, well, there's other reason why also I behave that way. And I'm not proud of it. I'm definitely not proud of it. It's actually humbling. It shows me what I still have. <laughs> the road ahead of me is Mamma Mia. That person is actually a great teacher. But uh, the disgust that I feel toward that person is unreal. Unreal. And I have no idea how to get around that so far. And I want to honor that. I want to honor that limitation. I want to honor what I feel is obviously a crutch, but that's where I'm at. But when I hear people who just... I would call it beyond... Oh yeah, that, that arrogance of stating... how things are through that intellectual highway and then you look at Keith who is an English teacher who is Robin Williams in a movie and uh, yeah somehow it's like I want to I wanna take you on a journey come with me l l let me show you some interesting places and it's not like this is what it is this is what you should do it's like I think there is value there I think you might benefit from learning about it. And then those kids basically does that. And those kids are just enthused. They are infused. They are inspired by him. Basically, he lights a fire. But he has no expectation as to what would happen. Just that he believes that what that meant, what has meant in his life, is basically, he say, hey, let me open the door. And I'm a teacher. I have also a way of understanding how to do that and not so much to impose, but to give you, yeah, to give you a different point of view. And let's, let's see what you'll do with it. And to step back and enjoy. And then of course you have the other academics, his colleagues who just uh, look at him as some kind of a joke, eh? some kind of like, well, here's what you try to do, but that doesn't work that way, you know? With children, mm -mm, that's, that's not what, that's not what works. You're going to make things more complicated and they're not ready for that. And mm -mm, Just get them ready to enter the world, the workforce, to fit, to become that cog in that wheel. And of course, uh, the headmaster, which, you know, one of the hardest jobs, more than likely, that there is when you're in places like that. I would think even more when you're dealing with children. So you have the children, you have the teachers, and you have the parents. So you're in that, against that tripod, and you, you, you're responsible for all of that. Makes me think of uh, Maribel, who was a school director in Sevilla. And uh, also a very interest, interesting person. And she definitely had the skills for, you know, looking at the parents, at the teacher and the students, and somehow still manage within that restricted role to to look creatively or to, to, to have idea to be inspired or to find a way to navigate that. 
and appreciate those three different kind of uh, roots from which came a position. Anyway, so Dead Poet Society, Peter Weir, oof, I think it's uh, early to mid uh, 1980s. Trying to think when my mother took me, I think it was like 85. I think it's between 84 and 86 when it came out. And uh, yeah, Maurice Jarre uh, did a lot of the soundtracks for it. And it's also very nice. It's a beautiful place in New England. I don't remember the name of the school, but anyway, I think uh, an interesting picture. Maybe worthwhile to check it out. So, here we are one more day. I wish you all a great day. I wish you a day of tickling of the heart. Yeah, a little tickling. And uh, all that comes with it. As for me, even though, <laughs> in a way, it, it, it is exhausting at times to be in that place. But what an interesting place that is. Those unbridled passion. To be crazily in love with somebody or something, you know, it can be an idea, it can be a person, but to have that consuming fire going on inside of you. Like, uh, like that boy who's in love with a cheerleader. And uh, what happens to him? And it's like, yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want to be rational. I don't want to be right. What I feel is more. I love that woman and I will, I will fight for it. And I will state my claim. And that gives you that courage. And then you go, you push yourself more, you do more. Yeah, you're scared. Of course you doubt. But you go forward, and I call that courage. Just so many paths in life, so many paths in life. And I think in the Bible it said something a line of there is nothing warm, nothing warm, nothing worse than a lukewarm person who is neither hot nor cold. So even though, you know, people who uh, who has that kind of intellectual arrogance, it is also a passion, you know, it's just in the mind, and to me it just doesn't interest me as much. I don't find it as interesting. But I appreciate as well that it is also a passion and something that is value for people and, you know, people are willing to fight. And so the world is made of a lot of people. Anyway, folks, I wish you a great day. And remember that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Home. Oh